1: Somebody say an amen. amen. So you need to. Jesus told them, Watch and pray that you fail not in the day of temptation. They went ahead and slept. When the hour of temptation came, they were abject failures. All of the disciples failed. All of them. Said, This night, hands will be laid on me, and all of you shall desert me. And the chief apostle Peter at the time, who restored that declaration, was the first time. In fact, he says the cocks are not crowed thrice, and you will deny me. Peter said, If all men will let you go, I will not let you go. But by the time his eyes were open, he had already betrayed the Messiah. You will not betray the Messiah. Yeah. So you have to have power. In the book of Genesis, he said, Thou have had power with God, and you have prevailed. So to do exploits or to avail much is to prevail. Somebody said to prevail. Uh, to have power to overcome to be able to do something most of us are things we want to do but we lack the capacity to do it many good things we want to do we lack the capacity to do it you want to study the bible you lack the desire to do it you want to reach out to the lost you lack the capacity to do it on the place of prayer ability is released somebody said there's ability in me There is no lack whatsoever. When it comes to abilities or power, there is no lack whatsoever of it in the new creation. The new creation is super endowed with divine abilities. Somebody say, I'm endowed with divine abilities. Yeah. The Bible said God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Above all that you can ask or think, according to the power that is at work in you. Somebody say, power is in me. But you see, you can have electricity power in your house, but until you connect and you switch on, that power cannot be made use of. Are you with me here? Yeah, so the fact that electricity and you have credit on your meter does not mean anything. Until you switch the light on, you cannot put the power into use. There's power in you, power to make changes, power to effect positive changes around you but that power is released in the place of prayer somebody's in the place of prayer that's what the bible says in the book of james 5 16 amplified version said the endless heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power somebody a tremendous, tremendous power it makes tremendous power available dynamic at its working It makes tremendous power available that works like dynamite. If you need to release power, the place you need to begin is a place of prayer. And I pray that grace, the spirit of prayer which is already resident in you will be activated again. Shout a better amen. Amen. Alright, so last week we started exploring James chapter 5 verse 16. I want to read that again from Amplified Version. He says, Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your footsteps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also for one another, that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The endless heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. 17, let's read it together. Elijah, was. With the same physical, mental, and spiritual limitations and shortcomings. And he prayed intensely for. And it did not rain on the earth. Okay. And then he prayed again. And the heavens supplied rain and the land produced its crops as usual. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The common thing we have with Elijah is the fact that he was a human being like us the common thing we have with elijah is that every human emotion every human feeling every human predicament the man was exposed to it but the unique thing about elijah which set him apart is the fact that he prayed somebody say he prayed the bible said elijah was a man the king james says he was a man of light passions everything elijah feared elijah fled elijah fought but in all of this, there was one thing that set him apart. He was a man devoted to prayer. And in this series, we are exploring men who committed themselves or maximized the place of prayer. That's basically what we are doing because scripture enjoins us to do that. In the book of Romans 15:4, he said, Therefore, for whatsoever things were written aforetime, was written for our learning. Somebody says for my learning. Whatsoever was written aforetime was what written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might find hope. That's why we have the scriptures. So the book or the Bible is our reference point. Somebody says my reference point. It's my reference point. The Bible is our reference point, is our manual for living. the book of hebrews 6 12 he said that you be not slothful but be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises so we are to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises that's what we are supposed to do and so we need to identify such people and then see how we can practically follow them somebody say an amen Basically, that's what we are doing in this series. Last week, we introduced Elijah. Somebody say Elijah. Elijah. He was the first man the Bible talks about. It's not like he was the first man who prayed in scripture. But the text we are using mentioned him specifically. He said he was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed. He prayed. And some things happened. There are things that will never happen until a man prays until a man goes on his knees and begin to pray. Some things, some happenings in your family will continue to happen until you settle down to pray. Some things will continue to happen at your place of work until you settle down to pray. Certain patterns which are inappropriate with your status in Christ will continue to go on until you settle down to pray. And I pray that fresh grace for prayer will rest upon somebody. In the mighty name of Jesus. I told you last week that we are taking our walk from Genesis. Genesis is the first book of the Bible, and in Genesis, we see prayer beginning there. Genesis simply means beginnings. It's a place where everything began creation began, the word began, man began, everything began in Genesis. And so, we want to take our prayer walk, we want to study men of light passions all the way from Genesis in Genesis, we see a number of prayer-like conversations. Somebody say prayer-like conversations. Okay, there were conversations in the book of Genesis that looks like prayer. We see God coming to Adam and fellowshipping with him in the cool of the day asking Adam, where are you? and Adam said I heard your voice and I was afraid now that can be seen if we are to define prayer in the most simplistic form as conversation that can be seen as God talking to man and man talking to God are you with me here so that's where we look at it and then we also see Cain after God gave a mandate about him Genesis 4 verse 9 to 15 God said to Cain where is your brother he said shall I know I my man this babysitter god said what have you done the voice of your brother's blood is calling to me from the ground from now on you will get nothing but curses from this ground you'll be driven from this ground that has opened its arms to receive the blood of your murdered brother you will farm this ground but it will no longer give you its best you'll be a homeless wanderer on the earth Cain said to god my punishment is too much i can't take it You see, we said that prayer is conversation with God. Somebody say conversation with God. In this most simplistic form, prayer is not a monologue. It's man talking to God and God talking to man. And we see that between Adam and God and we see that between Cain and God. And then, of course, there is a certain reference there, which I really don't know what it means, but I believe that that, set a certain stage. A prayer kind of revival began there. Look at Genesis chapter 4 verse 25 to 26. Genesis chapter 5 verse 25 to 26. And Adam knew his wife again. And she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said for God said she she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel whom Cain slain. Now read verse 26 with me. And to Seth To him also there was born a son and he called his name Enos. Then to call upon the name of the Lord. Now that is suggestive of a certain prayer like revival taking place there. The moment Enos was born, the Bible said men began to call on God. Men had conversed with God. Men had spoken to God earlier but the moment Enos was born, the Bible said men Some kind of corporate prayer fire began to be born, and then, of course, we go all the way to the patriarch of faith, Abraham. In Genesis, we see Abraham uh, conversing with God in a prayer like manner. In Genesis, we are told that God decides he's going to annihilate that city and the city of Sodom, he's going to visit Sodom with his wrath, and then he says, I have a friend among all people on the planet by the name of abraham and i want to confide in him and seek his opinion about it so god comes to abraham and said abraham what do you think you know i want to really really deal with the city of sodom because their their iniquities and their bad behavior has ascended to me so much so i want to deal with them what do you think then the bible says Abraham began to engage God and he engaged him all the way from 19 to verse 33. They were talking. Abraham will talk, God will talk, Abraham will talk, God will talk until Abraham left it. Praise God. But the first instance where we have more like a detailed account of somebody praying where we all can relate with is Genesis 24 genesis 24 and i want you to pay close attention from here genesis 24 genesis 24 genesis 24 genesis 24 we have a man by the name that whose name is not clearly identified but the biblical description gives us an idea who that man is and we find his prayer in genesis chapter 24 verse Let's start from verse 1, and then we'll run through it. Abraham was very old, and the Lord had blessed him in every, in every. He said to his senior servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my tie. So this is Abraham. He calls his senior servant. Take note, the name of the servant is not identified, but we will get to know it because earlier on certain things were mentioned that gives us a clue who that man was he says i want you to swear by the lord the god of heaven and the god of the earth that you will get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom i'm living but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son the servant asked what if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land shall I take your son back to the country you came from? I want you to follow this reading because this is the first time somebody is praying in a very specific way and we are going to draw some lessons from here. But the servant asked, make sure that you do not take my son back there. Abraham said, the Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household, my native land, and who spoke to me and promised me On oath, saying to your offspring, I'll give this land. He will send his angel before you so you can get a wife for my son from there. What a man of faith. Abraham said, Everything that I've asked you to do, go. And as you go, I have no doubt my God will send his angel ahead of you and fix it. So don't change a thing. My God is more than able to sort it out. Somebody say an amen. Amen. right. Now, if the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you'll be released from this other man. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the tie of his master Abraham and swore on an oath to him concerning this matter. I don't know how many of you have watched Mission Impossible. It's, it's, it's an American movie. This kind of mission that this young man was being sent onto is almost like a Mission Impossible. He's being sent to go bring a woman. <laughs> go and bring a woman he said go fetch a woman from my father's house don't just go and make the proposal but make sure that the woman comes with you you are going to meet a woman for the first time and you have to speak to her in such a way that she will follow you while she's following you she's coming with the mindset that she's coming to marry that was a very tough one but That is what prayer does. Prayer has a way of making impossible things, few possibilities. When you learn to pray, the impossible amongst men become possibilities with you. As we go into this story, realize how prayer influences every step of a way. And for those of you who are exploring and seeking who to marry, this lesson that we have here teaches us a lot about the right way to go about it. Verse 10, the Bible says, Then the servant left taking with him 10 of his master's camels somebody say 10 camels, camels. loaded with all kinds of good things from his master he and made his way to the town of nahor he made the camels kneel down near the well outside the town it was toward evening the time the women go out to draw water verse number 12 let's read together one go De- go Make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. Now, that's the prayer. The simple prayer is the Lord, give me success. This is the first prayer that we see is recorded in detail. Give me success. The simplest form we can put the prayer that Give me success today. That was his prayer. Give me success today. Now, he went on. See, I'm standing beside the spring and the daughters Of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. Maybe. That when I said to a young woman. Please let down your jar. That I may have a drink. And she says drink. And I water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. Can you imagine? (laughs) It's a test. It's a very powerful test. He said. The young woman is going to come. I'm going to request water from her but as for me I'm a human being and I want to see her nature whether she is kind enough or she's kind hearted or she's even observant because we've traveled for over 450 miles the distance they covered on camel you will do it in about 6 months for 460 miles that is almost like three times traveling here from here to accra if you are doing that on camel you will do that for almost 6 months and that's the kind of journey they embarked on. They went there and, you know, camels really take a lot of water. They take a lot of water. In fact, on a good day, if a camel is dehydrated, 70 gallons is uh, minimum to take for one camel. So they traveled this distance and they meet. That's why Rebecca was an uncommon woman. And I pray that uncommon women will come out of this house. Uncommon woman, He says... When I ask for the water, if the lady is kind-hearted enough to also, by her own volition, offer water to the camels, then I have made a right choice. Now look at that. But this I know you have shown me kindness to my master. Before, verse, yes, let's read it together. Before he had finished praying, Rebecca came, she was the daughter. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. This man is supposed to go to a strange land, locate a woman that is related in a certain with first cousins with Abraham and then engage her. See, he made a prayer and by the time he was through, before he finished praying, Listen, when prayer is on point, it doesn't take long for answers to be delivered. Before he finished praying, the answers were delivered. This man, before you finish praying, the answers are delivered to you. The Bible say, before you call, I will answer. And while you are speaking, I will hear. That shall be your experience from this before. So that's it. Herculean task, but beautifully delivered because prayer was involved. What is it that you are engaged in? What is it that you are pursuing? What task are you on? What are you looking for? What are you trusting God for? Start it with prayer. Somebody say start it with prayer. It with prayer. Now, we want to draw a few lessons from Elias' prayer because that's what it's about. Men of light passions. What are they going to teach us about prayer? From Elias' experience of prayer, we realize that prayer is everyone's business. Somebody say everyone's business you see there is nothing that is written in scripture accidentally the bible said all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable everything there everything there everything was inspired by God and is profitable so for us to have this account where the gentleman's name they they could have given us his name but they decided not to give his name so that you can put your name there are you with me here prayer is everyone's business. Later on we that if Abraham is going to send anybody, he's likely to be his chief servant. He said the senior most servant. And we are told later in the book of, I think earlier on in Genesis 15, uh, 2 and 3, we are told that Abraham was engaging God. He said, I got childless and is this my servant Eliezer of Damascus. see the one who is going to be my own heir. So Abraham knew that Elijah was an heir to his throne but he was concerned about it. Prayer is everyone's business. Somebody say prayer is everyone's business. Until this time I'm sure Abraham was the one who was praying. His master was praying. So he knew that Abraham had a God and this is the first time a servant is praying. Prayer is the work of masters. Prayer is the work of servants. Prayer can be engaging by literate. Prayer can be engaging by illiterate everybody can pray. Somebody say, everybody can pray. pray. And not only can everybody pray, everybody is entitled to answers in prayer. You don't have to be a special prayer warrior. Pray in a certain way. Pray with a certain language to gain answers in prayer. There are some people, they have a special prayer voice. And they think that that way, by speaking that way, answers will come. Some people have special verb widths that they use when they are praying it doesn't make any meaning at all the heart involved and the understanding behind is what is important yeah. prayer is everyone's business we are taught in Psalm 145 verse 18 he said the Lord is near unto all them that call on him all them that call on him and the one who calls Jeremiah 33 verse 3 is a call for everyone call unto me and I will answer thee to everyone who cares to call he is entitled to answer somebody say an amen 1 Timothy 2, 8. I would that men pray everywhere. Everywhere men pray. Luke 18:1. He says, he spoke a parable to this and that men ought to always pray and not to faith. That's the first thing we see. Eliezer was a servant. He prayed and he had results. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, you can come to the throne of grace and obtain results. Can somebody say an amen? amen. So prayer is for everyone. Prayer is not a business. The business of prayer is every believer's business. I want you to say that with me. The business of prayer, business of prayer. is every believer's business. It's every believer's business. Yeah. yeah, It's not. It's not prayer. The business of prayer is not for some small group of people in the church called intercessors. Everybody is called to the ministry of prayer. Everybody. In fact, if you look for the ministry of intercession in the New Testament, you won't find it because there's nothing like that. Everybody praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit for all sins. For all sins. One of the most uh, ridiculous statements I had in recent times was somebody who was complaining that a certain church did not have intercessory department. I say you lack prayer. Yeah. Yeah. When everybody in the church is praying, what is the need for intercessors? All of us are called to the ministry of prayer. Are you with me here? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, they say, men ought to pray always and not to fail. Pray without ceasing. That, that is every Christian's uh, call. When you pray, when you pray, it's repeated for every child of God. Everybody is expected to pray. When people are slothful and they are not willing to take their destiny into their hand, they hire people to pray for them. There are people who actually hire people. They pay them and give them meals and they tell them to fast and pray for them. You are not a serious Christian. You are, you are, you are not a serious Christian. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Somebody say praise everyone's business. The servant can pray. The master can pray. Yeah. Answers to prayer is not limited to a select few of spirit, some spiritual giants, it is guaranteed for all. Somebody says guaranteed for all. Guaranteed for all. Call unto me and I will answer thee. As you call, answers are coming your way. I said as you call, answers are coming your way. So from Eliezer, number one, we appreciate that prayer is for all. Number two, we see that selflessness and pure motives are critical in obtaining answers to prayer. Selflessness. Somebody says, selflessness. Selflessness and pure motives a critical for answers to prayer. In the book of James, James 4 and verse number 2 and 3, the Bible tells us something about prayer there. He says there are two reasons why people don't receive. Number one, he says they don't ask. He said you desire but you do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. Somebody say you don't have, Because you don't ask. Uh So, if you are going to have, you have to ask. God knows your need, but he still says ask. You see, there is something that delights God when the redeemed child comes to him to place requests and petitions before him. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, he said, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. The prayer of the upright is his delight. So, God delights when you call upon his name. In the book of Songs of Solomon, we are told that, uh, you know, Songs of Solomon has to do with Christ as a bridegroom and the church as a bride. Now, that's what the book is about. It's about a bride and a bridegroom. And in there, we are told that he loves to hear our voice. Somebody say, God loves to hear your voice. Yeah. He's excited. Unfortunately, because of wrong teaching, when we hear a prayer, we think of confessing all our wrongs. That is the time we think we need to uh, make amends. We think that when we come to prayer, God is expecting he has marked all the things we have done wrong. And he's going to correct all of them. He's expecting. No, 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 no. Because of that, a lot of people don't pray. Yeah, don't pray at all. He says, give me James again. You do not have because you do not ask. James again, please. You do not have because you do not what that's the first thing and then number two he said you ask but you do not receive because your motives are wrong somebody say your motives are wrong say your motives are wrong wrong. now we see that this guy prayed with a very selfless powerful motive this guy was going to pray he's going to look for a bride not for himself but for someone yeah when it's time to pray for yourself how passionate do you pray the selflessness of Eliezer is seen in the way he prayed. Again, it is also seen in the one he prayed for because the one he prayed for was actually the one who was coming to deny him and rob him of taking over from a, a Abraham's throne. Look at Genesis 15, verse 2 and 4 with me. As long as Abraham had no child, Eliezer was heir apparent. Look at what the Bible says. But Abraham says, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who inherit my estate is Eliezer of who? Damascus. Damascus. This was Abraham's senior servant. And Abraham said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Now, so, if this man Isaac is out of the page, this young man called Eliezer is the ultimate. And he's sent to go make intercession. If you were him or I were him, I'm sure, the prayer will, pray will be different. We will look for one trouble causer, One woman who will kill him in the middle of the night. No, So that ultimately one, I didn't want you to be born, you were born. <laughs> now that you are born and I have an opportunity, I will just pay this woman, just I'm the one who is going to uh, bring you now. Just give her some great money and then when you come, you just finish the business for me and then uh, I take over. But not so he prayed personally for this one our motives must be right the most appropriate motive for answers in prayer is god's glory somebody say god's glory, god's glory. there's not any other thing whatever you are asking if it's for his glory it is guaranteed yes, sir. that's all so don't be thinking about uh, the fact that you want to make sure no no no, no what is it? Jesus actually said that. He said, whatsoever, John chapter 14 verse 13, Jesus said, whatsoever you ask in my name that I will do. That I will what? That I will do that the Father may do what? Glorified. Everything Jesus is doing for you or God is going to do it for you in prayer is not just for your sake. It's for his glory. That's why you cannot ask for somebody's wife for his glory. So he can't guarantee that kind of prayer. you with me here you can't ask for somebody's money for his glory (laughs) it's not bringing glory to him whatsoever you ask in my name that I will do that the father may be glorified in the son somebody say an amen so number one prayer is everyone's business somebody say is everyone's business and then number two selflessness and pure motives are critical in obtaining answers to prayer of course and number three god is very eager and willing to answer prayer somebody say god is eager eager. say it aloud god is eager god is is very eager he is not just eager he's very eager to answer and to respond to your prayers that's what we see these are fundamental principles Everything you see in Genesis can be seen as foundation. And one of the foundational things we see in prayer is the fact that God is willing to answer us. God is willing. God is willing. In the church, in the body of Christ at large, for a long time, a lot of people have wrongly uh, interpreted Luke 18 to show that God is uh, not willing to give us what we want. So we have to knock, 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 knock and real hard until we are breaking. That is a, a false representation of God. That is an inaccurate way of designating God. God is more than willing. Genesis 24, 15. He says, before he finished praying. Somebody say, before he finished praying. Say it aloud. Before he what? Finished praying. Before he finished praying. God did not wait. He was so much in a hurry to answer when everything was on point. Before he finished praying, God came through. This man, before you finish praying, God is coming through. I said, before you are through, God is coming through. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee. He didn't say, call unto me and I'll refer you to tomorrow. I will suspend it for the next three months. I will wait until you are clean enough. I'll wait until you have amended your weights. That is not God's nature. Look at Luke chapter eight, verse one to five. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not to give up. It's interesting that whatever interpretation you want to give to scripture, you can easily give to it. Jesus spoke a parable, and verse one tells us the reason for the parable. But a lot of people have overlooked it to now begin to exegete and fully interpret the parables parables are not for uh, ordinary literal interpretations. That's not it. That's why every time Jesus spoke in parables, when he finished, his disciples came unto him and said, what were you saying when we were in the temple? We didn't understand. Then he took time. He said unto you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So parables are hidden mysteries that God uses. You can't take parables literally and be able to make sense out of it. The focus, the reason for the parable was to establish the fact that as a believer, you have to pray always and not to faint. That's all. There's no other lesson there again. It's to pray always and not to faint, which is collaborated by other scriptures we have in the New Testament. He said, continue instant in prayer. He said, pray without ceasing. He says, uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, which is very consistent. Not that, I mean, in the Bible, if you read this Bible, there is nothing like uh, the the unjust judge. Who are you describing? Is it God? Because God is not an unjust judge. In the book of Hebrews, we are told God is not unjust. That he should forget our work and our labor of love. So, you cannot, you cannot, he is not an unjust God. He cannot be. The Bible describes him as a loving father. That's who the Bible describes him. In the book of Matthew 7, 7, we are told who he is like. He said, ask and it shall be given, seek and he shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Then he said, for everyone who asks receives, everyone who knocks, it shall be open, and to him that seeketh he shall find. Then he goes on to distinguish the difference, draw a line of demarcation between God and human beings. He said, one man is there among you, who, if a son asks for bread, will give him a stone? And then verse 10, he says, if he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? Verse twelve. Then he says, if you then been evil. Somebody say, if you you then been evil. Uh If you then been evil, know how to give good gifts to your uh, children. How much more shall your father in heaven give good things to those who ask him. Somebody say an amen. God is not an unjust judge. He's a loving father who is more than willing to give good things to those who ask for it with the right motive somebody say an amen Amen. when Jesus came one of the core mandates of Jesus apart from dying to save us was to reveal the father to us so if you want to see how the father is look at Jesus in the book of John 14 verse 8 to 9 the Bible said Philip went to him and said so as the father and it will be sufficient for us Jesus said have I been with you all this while and you are asking so as a father if you have seen me you have seen the father and if you saw Jesus you realize that Jesus was very willing to meet the needs of people one day in the book of Luke chapter 5 verse 12 to 13 a man went to him Luke chapter 5 verse 12 to 13 a man went to him a leper and he said if you, wi- you are willing let me be cleansed.' Jesus said. He said if you are willing you can make me clean look at verse 13 he, did he say, uh, I, I'm not willing? You, you don't qualify for it. The Bible says he touched him and said, I am willing. Somebody say, I am willing. willing. I am willing. Every time, you see, the reason why some people don't pray is because they have not caught a revelation of God's willingness to meet their needs. Listen, God is more willing to hear you and respond to you much more than you are willing to pray. God's willingness to hear you and to respond to you. Now, you can't go through scripture without seeing that. In the old and in the new, like I told you, Proverbs 15, 8, he says the sacrifice of the wicked is abominable, but the prayer of the righteous is delight. The word delight means he's strongly interested in it. That's what it means. He's, he's keenly interested in it. The prayer of the righteous. Again, songs of Solomon 2, 14, Oh my dear, thou, thou art the clefts of the rock in the secret place of the stairs. Let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice. For sweet is thy voice and thy countenance is calmly. When you lift up your voice in prayer, it comes as a sweet fragrance before God. Somebody say an amen. amen. When we come to the, the Gospels, we see the same thing. Jesus talked about that. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it shall be. Does this suggest to you a God who is not willing to answer you? Does he suggest to you a God you must trouble and trouble and trouble and trouble uh, wake up like an unjust listen to respond to you? He said ask and it shall be given. Seek and it shall find. Knock and it shall be open." Matthew 21 verse 22 he said and in all things whatsoever you ask in prayer believing it, it shall be given unto you. In all things. Somebody say in all things. Matthew 21 22. In all things in all things whatsoever you ask in prayer. believing, it shall be delivered. Now the season for answers in prayer is here for you. Amen. You shall not pray in vain anymore. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Amen. you'll be commanding amazing results in prayer. Amen. Mark chapter 11 verse 24 he says therefore I say unto you, whatsoever you desire. When you pray believe. Whatsoever you desire. When you pray believe. That you receive and you shall have them. Does it look like come again? (laughs) In fact, in the book of Proverbs, he said, withhold no good from them to whom it is you when it is in the power of thy hand to do it. Don't tell your neighbor, go and come when you have it with you. That's not God's nature. In John chapter 14, verse 13 to 14, whatsoever you ask in prayer, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will I will, I may, I I shall not, I shall, I will do it, very definitive, I will do it. That should settle your doubt about whether or not God answers prayer. If you pray, you are not getting results. Check your side, it's not on God's side. As for God's side, it is guaranteed. John 16, 24. Hitherto, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. That's it. That's what God says. Number four. Specificity in prayer is key to obtaining answers in prayer. Specificity in prayer is key. These are foundational thoughts we see. Specificity in prayer is key to obtaining answers in prayer. We see that. Verse 12 to 21. The man is praying. He says then he prayed. Look at how he prayed. That's why when we are praying here, we encourage that you have a prayer expectation card and is it any prayer point you can't clearly articulate? It's not a prayer point that you really have it in your heart. If what is in your mind cannot be captured on paper, it's vain in your mind. And if it's vain in your mind, it's not likely to deliver to you. He says, then he prayed, Oh God of my master, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, then he began. I'm standing beside this. And the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. Maybe it. When I say a young man, specific, specific, everything. He said, let down your jar that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels through. Let that be the one you have chosen for your servant. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness before he finished praying. Somebody say before he finished praying. Jesus said, when people are praying, sometimes they make a lot of repetitions and they think that they will be heard because of their many repetitions no if you know how to shout I don't think you will beat blind Bartimaeus the man who shouts he could shout and disturb the whole neighborhood in the book of Mark chapter 10 verse 46 to 52 we heard his shout look at that with me then they came to Jericho and Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city this is a, a. They are leaving the city. So imagine, somebody is leaving the city. Imagine somebody leaving a city like Kumasi. Maybe it's a tech. Yeah, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. Somebody say began to shout. A number of people. All they do in prayer is to shout. Vainful shouting. No substance. No faith. Vainful shouting. He began to shout. What was he shouting about? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all, all. He won the shouting competition for the day. Shouted all the more. Imagine a large crowd of people. And this man is shouting on top of his voice. Shouted and shouted. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man and said, cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you, throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you now? Was Jesus blind? Was Jesus blind in the story? We read that blind Batimaeus was blind, but I'm not told Jesus was blind. And if you are not blind, you meet a blind man, would you know that this one is a blind man? So, the impulse of Jesus asking him, What do you want me to do? Be specific. God does not answer general prayers. Be specific. Uh, People that sometimes they come to you, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. You ask, What? They say, Many things. (laughs) You tell me many things as you are leaving my office. I'm not even uh, going to waste my time. Many things. (laughs) You have to. He said, What do you want? The blind man was blind, obviously blind by all standards. Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? Because he he may want money. It's not every blind man who wants to see. No, 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 it's not every blind man. Who wants to see? When Peter and James were going to the temple, was there another man sitting by the beautiful gate begging? He was begging for money. He didn't care, about. he was not concerned about ever walking. As long as they would carry him on your shoulders and drop him there, he was fine. That's all. He was begging for money. It's not everybody who wants to get well. Do you want to be well? Then he said, well, He said <laughs> he said Robert I want to see he said this is what I'm looking for yeah because if you want money I can give you some but if you want to see the Bible says then Jesus said your faith has made you whole he taught him and his sight was restored you have to be specific be specific when you come to God be specific in the book of James we are told in fact the book of James one of the good things about James is that James helps us to have a better perspective of who God is James gives us a picture of God's nature. He said, "Every good and perfect gift comes from God." So those who have been ascribing good, uh, Job, God give it and God take it. Uh, we have received good from the Lord. Must we not receive evil from God? James tells you that is a wrong view of God. Evil does not come from God. The Bible said, "Every good, let, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God that give it to all men liberally and abrad it not and it shall be." Given him. Then verse 6, he said, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Let him what? Ask in faith, nothing wavering. Ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. So when you are not specific, you'll be double minded. If you don't know what you want, You'll be double-minded and a double-minded person is not entitled to receive anything from the Lord. He's unstable in all his ways. Let no man, that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. Number five, the third lesson we are picking from the man Eliezer, a father, a personal relationship with God cannot be developed or grow richer without a lifestyle of prayer. A personal, somebody say a personal. A personal relationship with God cannot be developed or grow richer without a lifestyle of prayer. This series is called Living a Life of Prayer. Somebody say, Living a Life of Prayer. We are not saying, come and let us pray in church. We are talking about you living a life of prayer. Most of our problems in life, they are problems of prayerlessness. Yeah. They are fundamentally problems of prayerlessness. Because that's where we release our power. You are powerful in Christ. But that power must be released. Yes, Are you with me here? Yes, Say I'm powerful in Christ. Power, power, power. That, power that power has to be released. And the place we release it according to James is through prayer said the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous releases power. Releases power. So power will never be released until an altar of prayer is strongly built. When you raise an altar of prayer in your life you are building power. It says beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. A personal, somebody say a personal. Relationship with God cannot be developed or grow richer. You cannot develop it without prayer. Talking to God and hearing him talk to you. And it cannot also become richer and deeper without prayer. That's why prayer is so important. Now, do you know that until this time this man called Eliezer or his senior servant had no relationship with God he didn't know God <laughs> in fact in his prayer he's talking about the God of my master Abraham why you know God you don't refer to him as the God of somebody if you have a relationship with somebody you can address him directly he said, the God of my father Abraham that's it but after the prayer he began to worship look at this with me <laughs> Genesis 24 verse 12 to 13 then he prayed, O oh Lord God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I'm standing by this spring, blah, blah, blah. Now go to verse 26 and 27. Then the man bowed down. Let's start from verse 24 to 25 when the prayer was answered. Verse 24. I'm a daughter of Bethua, the son of Mecca, born to Naho. Verse 25. And she added, We have plenty of straw and fodder as well as room for you to spend the night. Verse 26. Then the man bowed down and worshiped the Lord. He started having fellowship with God for the first time in his life on the place of prayer. When he prayed and God came through, he realized that, oh, this God that uh, my father Abraham has been following is for real. He bowed down and began to worship him. Saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. Now, I want us to read from verse 34 to 48, and then I'll close. Verse 34 to 48. So, he said, I'm Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master abundantly, and he has become worthy. He has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female donkeys and camels and donkeys. My master's wife, Sarah, has borne him a son in her old age and he has given him everything he owns. And my master made me swear on oath and said, you must not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites. In whose land I live, but go to my father's family and to my own clan and get a wife for my son. Then I asked my master, what if the woman would not come back with me? He replied, the Lord before whom I walk faithfully will send his angel before you and make your journey a success so that you can get a wife for my son, from my own clan, and from my father's family. You'll be released from my oath if when you go to my clan, they refuse to give her to you. Then you'll be released from my oath. When I came to the spring today, I said, Lord God of my master Abraham, if you will, please, grant success to the journey on which I have come. See, I'm standing beside the spring. If a young woman comes out to draw water and I say to her, please let me drink a little water from your jar. And if she says to me, drink, and I will draw water for your coming to you, let her be the one the Lord has chosen for my master's son. Before I finish praying in my heart, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water and I said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jar from her shoulder and said, drink and I'll water your camels too. So I drank and she watered the camels also. I asked her, whose daughter are you? She said, the daughter of Betwa, son of Nahu, whom Maker bore to him. Then I put the ring in her nose and the bracelets on her hands. The wedding is taking place already. And I bowed down and worship the lord for his law. i bowed down and worship. what brought him into fellowship prayer somebody say prayer, prayer. yeah when you pray and you get results coming into prayer is always exciting prayer is a burden for those who don't get results and i told you that when you don't get results in prayer god has no part to be blamed in that matter because he has given you his spirit he's given you his word everything you need to be effective in prayer is made available to you so a relationship with god until this time all eliaza knew was the god of his master but now god was not only a god to abraham he was also becoming the god of eliaza because he could communicate with him he communicated with god and god gave him a feedback that is how a rich relationship with God is built. You cannot grow spiritually if you don't make time to develop an altar of prayer. If you don't have a prayer life, you don't have a spiritual life. If you don't have a prayer life, you don't have a vibrant spiritual life. As for spiritual life, you get it when you get born again. But you don't have a vibe. the Bible says, fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. It is prayer fire, that gives birth to spiritual fervency. When you are fervent in prayer, you'll be fervent in the spirit. Beginning from tonight, you will be restless until you are praying. Yeah. In the middle of the night, no matter how tired you are, the Holy Spirit will wake you up to pray. Yeah. In the mighty name of Jesus. And you'll be getting amazing results in prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to speak to God.
0: I'm Sa- Afuaqua has just placed in your hands the key for all round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020 5790 or email us at embassyoflivechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuaqua on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflive.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarter church 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you.